Tapes. The most listened to radio show on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Hi, my name is Tanner Falcao. I'm a young coastal enthusiast, and you are listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, this is Austin from Amusement Insider, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. I accept the Coaster Challenge. 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 Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? What is the Coaster Challenge? A group of regular people that went from fearful to fearless, all from riding roller coasters. So please secure your hats and glasses. It's time to take the Coaster Challenge. Here are your hosts, David Cantu and Jenna Gazelle. Hey, how's it going, Jenna? Great. How's it going, Dave? It's going good, my dear. How are you doing today? Absolutely fantastic. How's your summer going? Busy. <laughs> you actually got, in your profession, you work for the school district, so you got the whole summer off for yourself. Yeah, from whenever school lets out for me, because I work at Santa Monica, it was like June 11th till uh, August 18th was when I go back. So. so you're one of the lucky ones, man. You get to enjoy the whole summer off for yeah. me. I still have to go to work every day, so... But you know, it's still fun. But and I get Monday through Friday, so I have my weekends off too. Nice. Yeah, same thing with me with my job. I get the weekends off, which is a blessing. Because back when I was much younger, man, I was working weekends, holidays. Oh yeah. I never got to enjoy a weekend off. It's not until I started getting into management, and it's just nice to have your weekends off. That's how I'm able to go and enjoy the theme parks every weekend if I get a chance. So, but uh, yes. Uh, well, hello everybody, and thank you all for joining us today. And I'm. Dan David Cantu. And I'm Jenna Gazelle. And we've got a very, very special episode for you all today. We've got Ryan from Christian Coasters on today with Andrew. This is actually going to be a very heartfelt episode. I hope you guys are really uh, looking forward to this one. This is actually, yeah, I will tell you, this is a very very good episode this one actually touches really close to home for me so yeah andrew and and ryan just have an incredible they have a great conversation coming up in a little bit but first we are going to do our segment jenna we're going to do our youtube highlight clip Clip of of the the week. week youtube clip of the week all right so this week's youtube highlight clip of the week we are found an interesting clip that was actually recommended by our team uh there is a interesting wooden roller coaster i'm pretty sure enthusiasts around the country are probably well aware of what i'm about to be talking about today but apparently there is a wooden roller coaster out in mount olympus and it's called pegasus I've never experienced Pegasus, but after watching this YouTube clip, I feel like I'm going to need a chiropractor when I'm done after the end of this one, Jenna. I I think I'm going to be one of those going, I need my personal space. <laughs> yeah. So so this uh, this uh, YouTube is called Pegasus. It's the worst wooden roller coaster POV. What makes it so worse is now we all know wooden roller coasters are rough rides. They, oh, yeah. they can be rough rides no matter how tall they are or what how many airtime hills they've got. Uh, it's just age of the coaster or if it's been retracted. But Colossus my... was one of those where before they changed it, it was a little bit on the rough side. Yeah. Oh, very rough. Even Ghost Rider at Knott's Berry Farm was an extremely rough ride before it got retracted by GCI. But Pegasus, oh my goodness. Right toward the end when they're coming through the station, they do this sharp turn and these people are just jerked really violently. They no, they're not jerked. They're like whipped. You yeah, have whiplash. Are, yeah, I mean, you want to talk about whiplash? If anyone has a, if anyone has had a concussion, this would trigger that concussion. Oh, yeah. Really quickly. I was like, wow. And talk about a rough ride. I I mean, I've been on many wooden roller coasters around the country, and I'm, I'm not going to say I'm scared to ride this. I'll ride it. I'll take the challenge and ride it. But I have a funny feeling I'm going to need a neck brace by the time I get off this ride. I think if, if we went to go do this... I would want my own seat. So you have your own seat. That way we don't I think hit heads. In, yeah, I think <laughs> in this in this particular ride, if you are about to ride this ride Pegasus over at Mountain Olympus, I agree with you, Jenna. I think this is a particular train where you need to sit solo. I would not sit with anybody side by side because this will throw you at them. And you could probably hurt somebody more if you're thrown at them. Well, I mean, the opening 
like the very first opening scene they show you as it comes around the corner and the person like in two rows back three rows back like they get whipped right to left really quickly and And it's very violent this is not like something i've never seen at all on any coaster at all i mean this is this looks more rough than an arrow coaster in my opinion i mean this looks rougher than a ninja at magic or not ninja viper at magic mountain i mean viper kind of knocks you around but this this is a bit extreme yeah i would say uh yeah so this one uh yeah it just really shows just how rough this ride is i would tell people I would say if you don't have any concussions in the past concussions or if you have a pre-existing condition, I wouldn't recommend you guys not to ride it. But if you're somebody who likes rough rides, this might be a good ride for you if you like rough rides. Yeah, this would probably be a one and done for me if I get on this. I kind of go with, with the whole theming of this park is basically greek mythology and i when i hear pegasus i'm thinking like horses and it being kind of a smooth thing but this kind of blows that theory out the water for me (laughs) completely so yeah guys if you want to check it out the youtube is called pegasus the worst wooden roller coaster pov at mount olympus uh the youtuber is from amusement insider and uh this was actually a pretty good uh look at what this ride's like so but check it out on youtube but this is our youtube highlight clip clip of of the the week. week youtube clip of the week all right, so Andrew is standing by with our special guest, Ryan from Christian Coasters. This is going to be a pretty exciting interview. Can't wait to uh, for you guys to hear this conversation. So take it away, Andrew. Thank you, David and Jenna. This is Andrew, one of the producers of the Coaster Challenge podcast with you again. Today we have a special guest. We're talking to a coaster enthusiast today. His name is Ryan Subler. He uh, runs the Christian's Coasters channel. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Ryan. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It's good to see you guys and get to finally meet you guys. Likewise, likewise. Awesome awesome to chat with you here today. So uh, to start with, why don't you just uh, tell us a little about yourself. You can maybe talk about your channel as well. Tell our listeners all about, about you and your channel. Anyone who knows me knows I am a unapologetic Christian and I am a born again. That means I didn't grow up going to church. I grew up amongst what many would consider the ways of the world where they didn't live exactly as God had intended it. And for me, I started the channel at age 16 shortly after I became a Christian because there was many you know, there's a lot of drama I noticed in the coaster community, and there was a lot of bitterness, but I saw this one girl post that she didn't want to live on this earth anymore, and it broke my heart. I don't know what happened to this girl. I just felt called to make the page, and though when I started the page, I never thought I'd get this far. It was just an Instagram account, and I just knew it, Christian Coasters right away. That's who I am, kind of a personality type person. I love talking to people. I love being myself. I love sports. I'm just an all-around loving person, I guess. Awesome, awesome. Thank you for sharing a little bit. And of course, we're going to probably be diving deeper into a little bit more about you and, and, and your background and so forth later on in the, in the interview. But by the way, just out of curiosity, this girl that you were inspired by that you know was was very unfortunately calling out probably a call out for help and perhaps facing depression and suicidal very very sad was she was it in the community or just something someone separates it was definitely in the coaster community i actually don't remember the username it's been too long but i remember messaging her trying to get her to hold on and then she stopped responding i don't know what happened do you uh, did you get to an idea of what the issue was I can only imagine it was some sort of harassment or just a uh, lack right. of confidence in themselves or just, you know, there's, there's a whole can of worms there and, you know, yeah. it's only a, it's only a phone screen I had at the time. So there's a whole nother soul on the other end that I can only get so much through, through a screen, you know? Well, uh, Ryan, um, as you may or may not know, uh, Coaster Challenge, uh, especially with our podcast, we're, we've pivoted from YouTube to podcasting and um, not to say we're not going to do YouTube anymore, but we're really, really going all in with this podcast and getting a lot of great traction with it. And the mission is is primarily about fighting fear and fear being one of the absolute worst 
uh, negative aspects of the human experience and the psychology and so forth and, and our minds. But, but there's other negative aspects uh, to, to our minds and how we function as people and how we think and go about our daily lives. And you know, besides fear, there's, there's anger, uh, you know, jealousy, and, you know, all, all those sort of negative things. And we are certainly against, you know, uh, people giving into fear, because that's one of the worst things a human being can do at any point in their lives. It can lead to depression, anxiety, panic attacks, ultimately, uh, you know, suicide attempts, and, 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 you know, perhaps even successful situations there, very unfortunately. But there's other areas where fear, where anger, jealousy, uh, you know, bitterness can cause major problems. And that is where uh, an a individual or a group of people having those, those issues or those feelings, especially jealousy, it seems like in, in these days with social media and people seeing, you know, people traveling the world riding coasters or they have a fancy car, whatever it is. And, you know, an individual or a group can get jealous and, oh, that must be nice, as so often people say, whatever the reason there's so many reasons for this. You can have an individual or group of people bullying another individual or group of people. Now, both David and myself, we have been victims of bullying. Sadly, uh, for me, I have been bullied more in my life as an adult than when I, you know, was a kid in school. You know, because typically bullying, we experience that as kids in school. And yeah, I had that a little bit, but um, I have been bullied to the to the nth degree simply because of my political beliefs. That's it. Not because of what I look like, not because of my cars or my coasters or my success in life, not just because of my, my beliefs that I have. That's disgusting. And I will not stand for it. And guess what? Those people, they tried to silence me. That happened a couple of years ago. And they failed completely, they failed miserably. I am the producer of not one, but two podcasts in this, in, in this realm, you know, coasters and theme parks, this one, and of course, Ace. And I will not be silenced. And so we, we seek out people again, like yourself, that have incredible stories about triumphing over this sort of this evil, these evil aspects of, of the human persona. And it, it's not just within coasters and coaster enthusiasts, it happens all, all over. It's part of, part of the human psyche and giving into negativity. But in any case, who knows what that, what that girl went through? I would not be surprised. Sadly, there is a lot of bullying within the coaster community. And again, it's disgusting. It needs to be stopped, stopped cold. And we are fighting hard to do that. And we will continue to fight for that. But in any case, let's, uh, let's continue on talking to you, talking about you. So um, as I said, probably later on, we'll get into some more interesting things and kind of deep dive. I know you have an interesting story to tell us, an inspiring story. First, let's kind of start at the beginning in terms of coasters. Uh, what was your first coaster that you rode? So my first ever roller coaster... That would have been, at the time, Flight Deck at Kings Island, probably 2011 or 12. I want to say it was 2012. And, okay, uh, okay. Actually got off, and I hated it, hated it so much. Um, uh, I guess, to give context, I'll have to start here. I, uh, For those that don't know, I have high-functioning Asperger's, but at the time, it was a lot more severe. And as I've grown up, I've gotten a lot more high-functioning been able to get better at talking to people and communicate and actually being myself without breaking a sweat around people. When I, I had sensitive hearing, that's part of Asperger's for me, at least at the time I had to hold my ears on the coaster because I mean, what else were you going to do? No one was going to reach around and put earplugs on you or anything. I wrote it. And because of me having to hold my ears and being so little at the time, the ride was a lot more forceful on my little body. And it just shook me around. I had major head banging. I had a terrible headache. I was like, this is the worst thing ever. And it was a terrible experience. Wow. So just physically problematic and terrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that was your first coaster. You said that was in 2012? 11 or 12. I honestly cannot remember. Okay. So roughly 10 years ago. Okay. Okay. What would you say... So I guess it would, would have been in the past 10 years is the one coaster that you've ridden that scared you the most. That's an interesting question because I would have told you after I got off flight deck that they all scared me and that's mm. just God's honest right. truth. Not one. They, they always fascinated me looking at them, but they always scared me. The most intimidating one was the one that I was challenged to ride next by my own mother, actually. And which one is that? That was the good old racer at Kings Island. Okay. And, uh, All right. I, uh, I'll be honest. I think I got lucky because I kind of had the same problem with the hearing on that one. But I guess I just held my ears on that one. And something about that ride just didn't shake me as much. And I actually loved it. I got off and I was like, 
why did I enjoy that? That was so awesome. And then I just, my mom kind of, she had to keep challenging me a lot. Inversions did not get achieved that first year. There was a lot of paranoia, but I am proud of myself to say that at the end of that season, I think it was the end of that day, that was 2013, I rode Diamondback. That was when I was like, holy cow. I think I like coasters. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's kind of rewind a little bit. So you're, you're still, would you say that racer is the one that overall scared you the most before getting on it? I would say yes, only because of the intimidation factor. Okay. Let's talk about that. Then let's dive into that. Obviously you're going to, you know, oftentimes you're going to, if you're afraid of something, you're going to feel that fear most intensely, you know, right before, especially as you're like something like this, it's a physical thing. It's a real life experience thing. So talk to me about as you were going through the queue and approaching the station right before boarding the ride, you know, how did you feel as you were going through that part of the process? Well, here's something you got to know that day I went, it was actually during a school day. Don't tell the schools. I'm kidding. But, <laughs> all right. All right. We um, won't tell this. We won't we'll make sure they don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, so it was during a school day. So it was a weekday. There was no one at the park. And this is back when you could re-ride coasters without moving if there was no one coming right. for your seat. I didn't have much time to think, but I do remember this. I was like, no, mom, no, you're not getting me on this coaster. Try my best to run away. Go the opposite direction. We all know what happened last time. And next thing I know, I'm locked in a restraint. I'm going up the lift hill. And my famous quote was, well, too late now. <laughs> so you kind of didn't have much time to think about it because the park wasn't busy. No nope. school day. Okay. She kinda, okay. She, she'll tell you. She's like, I didn't force you. But, oh, she forced me. She forced me. Now, is your mom a coaster enthusiast or just likes coasters? Or So she grew up in a family. Um I have a mom and two other uncles and my grandmother herself at the time, they really enjoyed coasters and they're like your once a year general public people that enjoyed coasters, but aren't quite obsessed. Sure. Sure. Okay. Okay. So you got on it, you kind of were forced on it, so to speak, and you know, your mom's encouraging you and whatnot. So, and you already kind of shared this a little bit earlier, but maybe dive a little bit deeper into how you felt right after you got off racer. Achieved great in shock and honestly just maybe overjoyed that i uh i was that terrified of something and i came back alive and i actually liked it a lot and we got back great. in line and wrote it again <laughs> nice nice uh, you're familiar with the butterfly effect correct maybe like you butterflies in your stomach is that what you're talking about um no, there's actually been a movie about it. Um, another way to describe what I'm what I'm trying to get at is like a domino effect. How you know one domino falls and the rest come after that. Oh yeah, yeah, right. And so the final domino was nowhere near the first one. Has no idea about the first one, but because of what the first one did, the next one did, the next one did. Ultimately, the final one did fall. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So this next question, you know, you can think about it in that context, or maybe there is something very direct that happened afterwards. Either way, but you know, you let you enjoyed racer, which you're probably surprised by, and you know, it was pivotal in that way. So, how would you say riding racer, conquering your fear, actually enjoying it? whether it be right afterwards or down the line, you know, what kind of impacts or multiple impacts did this, did this have in your life? Well, I, it was my, probably my first time ever conquering a major fear. Like I mm. definitely had fears. And I mean, I was, I would say like around that age, I was in my middle stages with Asperger's. Like I was getting there. I was able to talk to some people. I was able to know what some of my fears were while I was still trying to figure out the rest of myself. That's kind of a tough question. It's been so long, but I don't know if I got anything for that, to be honest with you. It's just hard to put it into words. Okay. Okay. All right. That's, that's fine. That's fine. But at least it sounds like at least you discovered, oh, wow, I actually can like coasters. And then all of a sudden you're riding, like you said, Diamondback and others later that day. I, so, okay. So it's coming back to me now. What happened? Sure, no problem. Yeah. I, I guess you're talking about a domino effect. And one of the next rides I did was Backlot Stunt Coaster. And okay. I, I just loved that thing when I was younger. It was, <laughs> it had a launch, did some twisties and went through the dark portion underground where it's pitch black. I mean, for my age, that was a really thrilling ride. Sure. And you get off of that. This is kind of a family story. So uh, my cousin, she is the one who wanted to ride Diamondback. They're from Oregon, by the way. They're just visiting. The, she's on a mission. She's got to get on Diamondback. <laughs> and I was like, no, we got to ride back. You know, I'm a kid. I'm whining. And this is exactly what happened. I'm not kidding. She made a deal with me that she would ride back lot with me one more time. If I had to ride diamond back with her, 
So as a kid, I'm like, oh, yeah, we'll just get the first half the deal and manipulate our way out of this. <laughs> and then the grandparents held me accountable. And they're like, you got to ride that ride, Ryan. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But yeah. nice. That's funny. But you enjoyed it. You, you obviously like that. Like Stunt Coaster, which is a, you know, it's a great launch coaster. Got some theming to it. Uh, it was the Italian job in the Paramount days. Remember those days? But yeah, you said earlier you enjoyed Diamondback. It's a great hyper, BM hyper. So mm-hmm. then you kind of kept going from there. Okay. All right. That's yeah. fun. That's uh, fun. I'd say I did the Beast that day too for my first time. I did all the non inverting coasters that day. Nice. Nice. Okay. All right. Good. Very good. Here's kind of a fun question for you. Nancy, you've been riding coasters for 10 years. What's your coaster count, by the way? Don't tell my Instagram followers. I'm joking again. I have a sense of humor. So <laughs> I I kind of guess counted. So if I'm guessing correctly, I'm at 88. So, so I mean, you, again, it's, it's been 10 years. It's not like you've been riding for, you know, 20, 30 years. So that, that, yeah, that's, I've good. Got, that's good. I've got big plans this year. I'm hoping to get at least at 150 this year. Oh, nice. So so actually, yeah, why don't we, uh, not, not necessarily on our question list here in our interview slate, but Talk to me about what your plans are. You're hoping to do this. So obviously I'm going to be back at Hollywood nights for sure. That's not really any new credits for me. Be at keys to the kingdom as well. Fun story. We were originally supposed to go to great America this weekend, but we postponed slash canceled that trip because we got approved for our apartment. I got to move out here in a couple of weeks. We're going to put that in the back burner. But what I have confirmed is we will be going to six flags over Georgia. That's a new park for me. I'll be going nice. to Carowinds. I've been there once in 2017. I have not read Copperhead Strike, and I dearly miss Fury, so I will be back there. I am going to Kings Dominion for my first time, going to Bush Gardens Williamsburg for my first time, going to Six Flags America for my first time, Six Flags Great Adventure for my first time, and I think I'll be there about a day and a half to two days. Excellent. I've been to all of those parks. Six Flags Great Adventure was my home park growing up. So I grew up in New Jersey. I Bush Gardens Williamsburg. You've not been there. Uh, that is one of my favorite parks in the U.S. It's beautiful. It's got some solid coasters. It's, you know, it doesn't necessarily have you know actually none in my top ten, but still great coasters. Some, uh, especially uh, I love a uh, Griffin is my pretty much my favorite B and M dive coaster. Of course, you've got a classic arrow with Loch Ness Monster. You know, there's there's some great, great coasters there. But anyways, yeah, and Kingston, yeah, wow, you're doing a lot of good coaster parks and some of which you've never been to before. So clearly you're gonna get some a lot of new credits, like you said. That's awesome. So I hope that I hope that trip goes well for you. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh, actually, yeah, I just remembered another my favorite actually at Bush Gardens Williamsburg was for is for Bolton. I love cars. Cars is one of my hobbies, sports cars. So it's got the car theme and it's got, you know, the in, inside theming with a show building, which is unusual at, for a coaster at a non-Disney Universal Park to have a show building. It's not entirely in the show building, but a lot of it is great effects. I won't go any further than that. Great launches. It's a great coaster. It's fantastic. So you'll enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been on almost hundred coasters, obviously several parks over the years. So what would you say thus far has been your craziest moment on a coaster? So there was one, I know this is really funny, but roller skater at Kentucky Kingdom. This is the only time I've even been stuck on a coaster, actually. We got stuck on the lift hill for like 10 minutes. The first time I wanted the credit a couple of years ago. So, I mean, that that's honestly the closest thing to an evac I've ever had. Haven't been that lucky to get a rollback or anything crazy, but that was probably the one. Interesting. Okay. Okay. That That's a very solid one. What, tell, talk to me about, tell me. And tell our listeners uh, what your favorite coaster is and why. If anyone knows my channel, they know that I am a huge sucker for Lightning Rod at Dollywood. However, I kind of, I, I wouldn't say I beat up Voyage. I always said it was a good coaster. But at, to me, the, the normal trip, it just didn't make the hype for me. However, at Hollywood Nights, I went and that thing is unofficially at zero for me because it doesn't run like that all the time. But when it does, it's my favorite ever. So take that as you will. It's either Voyage or Lightning Rod. It's probably my favorite. So you're saying Voyage with the trims when it runs normal daily operations is not high for you, but without the trims, oh, it's yeah. top. That's exactly and then what otherwise, I'm Okay, it's otherwise it's Lightning Rod? Yes. Okay. Now, have you ridden Lightning Rod this year with the upgrades? I have not been to Dollywood since 2019, honestly. Okay. Okay. I'd be curious to know, um, just out of curiosity, given that Lightning Rod's your favorite, 
I know lightning rounds the favorite of a lot of people, uh, at least in terms of people I've interviewed for this podcast. I've interviewed a bunch of people. You're the first to say lightning rod. Again, there's others out there like you. So I'm just curious to know, you know, once you, you know, experience, you know, with, with the improvements and the upgrades, the tracking and so forth with the, the iBox and whatnot, you know, how, how it goes for you. So be curious oh, to yeah. know that. And I, so. shameless plug, I, I vlog every coaster trip I do, especially at other parks. So if you guys want to keep up with my opinions on these rides and when I get back to them, just subscribe to Christian Coasters. You'll definitely find out. Absolutely. And I follow you on Facebook as well. And we'll, by the way, we'll talk at the end of the interview. We'll give you an opportunity to share all the different channels you have and ways people can reach you and follow you for sure. So um, we don't like to talk about too much negativity on the show. First, we do deal with negativity given our mission, but just a quick kind of negative coaster question. What would you say is your least favorite coaster and why? Boss, absolutely. Actually, I'm going to make that a tie. Vortex at Carowinds. um, Both coasters just beat the snot out of me. I, I, I Right. I, I will say, I'll, in Boss's favor, I will say its layout is strong. It has its intense moments, but it's just like an earthquake. It's very, right. very, very shaky. And I've done some pretty rough coasters. Hades 360 is one of my favorite. Cyclops bangs you around, and I love that thing. But there's right. just something There's something about Boss that shakes me so much that my head feels like it's actually hemorrhaging while I'm on the ride. So, oh, wow. I, I don't know if it's like the the Gerslauer trains they have on it or it just needs some retracking done. I'm sure it could use both. I, I think there's hope for the ride. It does have a pretty strong layout. I just, I, like I said, I don't hate the ride. I, it's a lot of people like it. It's just not for me. Right. Well, if shaky and bumpy are not big things for you, which they're not for most of us, I'll just warn when you go to uh, Six Flags Over Georgia, Great American American Scream Machine Machine. is insane and not in a good way. Yeah. I mean, and if you think about it, wooden coasters, it's a fine line because they are supposed to a great wooden coaster experience. That wooden coaster is supposed to feel like it's just a runaway. It's going to run off the tracks. You know, it's not supposed to be smooth, but there's a difference between how they're supposed to be versus you know, hitting potholes and, you know, getting super jerky, jerky and, and all that. And uh, that's what Great American Scream Machine is. So, yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a rough one for you. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a credit. Definitely heard. But, hey, <laughs> I don't judge things before I ride them. So, I'm going in open-minded. Right. No, no. I'm telling you to ride it. Just uh, just warning you. Maybe only a one 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 and done. And maybe you'll re-ride some other, other coasters that are certainly better. But, uh, yeah, just try it out. Yeah, I appreciate you kind of talking about your favorite, least favorite, and experiences, and your first coaster, and kind of conquering your fears, like back on Racer back in the day. Can you think of ways, one or more ways, where coasters have improved the quality of your life? Oh, absolutely. Why don't you talk about those? I mean, and in high school, they kind of, uh, even before I became a Christian, they kind of helped me find, now I wouldn't say a purpose, but a... uh, Something to at least motivate me. I had some inspiration in my life. Knew I had the goal, ride more, get on more, work hard, get on more coasters, get to the park. And it just kind of helped build some character of myself, to be honest. I think that was definitely a big part of it. Interesting. So you said kind of talk about riding more coasters, getting in the park. Was it more than just having fun for you? Was it a sense of accomplishment? Yeah. I mean, especially now that I have a YouTube channel and I'm got the Instagram going, I'm just meeting more people every time I go to my own home park, especially when I go to another park. It's beyond where words can describe it, how far it's come. And I know I'm fast forwarding a lot, but that's okay. Coasters is, I met one of my friends who I'm going to be rooming with doing coasters from him. I met two from two. There was four enthusiasts from four. There's 16, so on, so forth. And now I'm like, I don't want to call myself an idol, but I feel like a local celebrity <laughs> at Kings Island because I can't go there without like five people noticing me. And it's awesome because the community at that park is just amazing. Right, right. A huge local following. So yeah, no, it totally makes sense. I totally get it. Yeah, no, that's, that's certainly that's great stuff. And I've had very similar experiences, you know, as I kind of briefly got on my soapbox, as we tend to do on this podcast, David just did that last week in a a really nice way. You know, I was talking about bullying and all that negative stuff. Maybe I was just doing it to get it out of the way. I've had mostly positive experiences. I've made some amazing friends. David, right here on the podcast, is one of them. Uh, Larry and Jean, who I know are very close friends of yours, they have become very good friends of mine. I just spent a couple of days with them last week. I celebrated Jean's birthday with, with them, with both of them, had dinner with them in Orlando and had a wonderful day 
on Friday, their last day um, at Universal Orlando, kind of did a uh, marathon, uh, not all three parks, but did Volcano Bay and then had an amazing afternoon before we had to go to the airport to drop them off um, on uh, at Islands of Adventure, which I'm sure you heard about on Saturday when you met up with them. But uh, <laughs> Oh, I heard about it. <laughs> oh, I bet you did. <laughs> it was a great day. But um, yeah, and I've, you know, countless other friends, got a lot of local friends here, all sorts of friends all over the country, even all over the world that are, you know, other coaster enthusiasts. And oh, yeah. it's not something that's, it's not something that's unique to coasters. It's, it's, a, it's about having a hobby or a passion. You know, when you have a hobby or passion that is social, not all of them are, you know, like theoretically, you know, uh, you know knitting, that's not really social, but right. coasters, you know, we're generally not doing Zen rides. We're generally at parks. We're not alone. We're not alone on a train. We're not alone on the line. So it's inherently social, plus the travel aspect, meeting other people that way. I've had great experiences of that, you know, as well, meeting people all over the place, all over the world, uh, just because I'm a coaster enthusiast and they are too. So this hobby is very social. And any any hobby that's social, it's like that. I, it's the same thing for me with cars, being a car enthusiast. I went to a car event this past Saturday and I met some nice people and, you know, that sort of thing. So I'm glad you've had some positive experiences in that regard. So would you say that, your quality of life has improved from just kind of finding your place within the community. Is that what you're getting at? Oh yeah, probably. And I've, I've grown as a person a lot since I've joined the community too. Got to give a shout out to Chris Warner. He has definitely helped me a lot uh, become more of the type to, I wouldn't say sacrifice my beliefs at all, but he's helped me get to a point where I can start to hear before I speak, keep my mouth shut and bite my tongue. And that's really gotcha. saved me a lot this last year because 2020 was a tough year for me. And I was, I was just very spitting everything I had. And because what else was there to do? I had a part-time job at the time and any other time I'm just at home, all ticked off about the world. And I, it's one of my biggest regrets, but at the same time, that's part of life. And part of the beauty of life is that you can learn from your mistakes and move on from it. And I think the coaster community as a whole, even though I've had problems with it, even the problems I've got from it have helped me grow as a person, if that makes any sense. That makes a tremendous amount of sense. And first of all, it's a couple of great things you said there that I want to unpack. Uh, first, you know, talking about learning that incredibly valuable skill of just because you want to say something or, you know, that's your instantaneous response to kind of hold back, kind of sit with it. Don't, don't shut it, you know, shut it out right away and, and kind of, you know, wait until maybe not shout it out, period. Maybe say it nicely or not say it at all. Those are, that's incredibly valuable and something I've tried to do more and more of the years. It's not easy, by the way. Oh, it's definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, as far as 2020 goes, I think we all get a pass. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. There's that. There's, you know, the fact that we couldn't do these things that are, you know, not just fun things, but important to us. You know, theme parks can be therapy. You know, I know you say, you know, you mentioned you have Asperger's. I know a number of people that are on the spectrum, whether it be Asperger's and the other side of things, autistic. We've had people on the podcast that, that, that are on the spectrum like yourself, whether or people like myself, uh, you know, prone to depression and anxiety. So many people, uh, David with his Tourette's, so many mental or even physical conditions are bettered by theme parks, by, by coasters. There's, there's things we talked a lot about, a lot about on this podcast. So no, absolutely. I mean, not having access to that, you know, many places in this country, it's certainly all of this country for at least a couple of months last year. It, you know, I think there's a lot of healing that needs to happen. I think we're starting to see that here in 2021, as we, as the country opens up with all the immunizations and more and more people getting vaccinated and where people are starting to live their lives again and not be so angry at each other because their opinions differ about this or that. And, you know, people are doing better mentally, even physically by getting out and doing the things that they love, whether it be theme parks or, or other physical activities, you know, exercise or whatever it may be going back to the gym where they couldn't go to the gym before, you know, things like that. So yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So the last thing that I want to touch upon that you mentioned is you talked about, you know, having issues within the community with, you know, with, with run-ins or negativity where those turn into positive things. And um, I very much can relate to that because yes, while in the moment they can really, well, quite frankly suck. And they certainly have for me, I've grown stronger from them and I have triumphed over that adversity. And it sounds like you've had some similar experiences yourself where you have triumphed over that adversity. And I'm oh, glad to hear that. Oh yeah. I mean, before coasters, after coasters, my whole life. I mean, I can, I won't, we'll be here until 3 a.m. if I go with every <laughs> single story of everything I've had to overcome in my life. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of 
there's a lot of beauty in life. Absolutely, there is. Absolutely. If you're long as you look for the positive, for sure. And uh, yeah, I realize you may have a lot of stories. I have a lot of stories, some of which I've shared on this podcast as I've interviewed people and, and related to what people have to say, but I'm sure we'll get to at least a, at least a couple of them here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And actually, that, that actually very much relates to my next question. And so I'll frame this given that you have a lot of stories. You know, again, the, the mission of this podcast is really to help people triumph over adversity, whether it be, again, fear or bullying or self-doubt, depression, anxiety, spectrum disorders, you know, your Asperger's or autism, just things in that, in that, that sort of frame of mind. And again, coasters and theme park can help with a lot of that stuff, but, you know, but it goes beyond that too. So with that kind of framed for you, what, tell us about some challenges that you've had in your life that you face and how you face them. Well, I, okay. So low functioning Asperger's, you kind of have poor judgment. I would say a lot of friends you call friends, are not actually friends. I had grown up in an elementary school. I went to the same one from what first grade to fifth grade. We had a we had our own dedicated sixth grade building where I went to school. Throughout that time, I had learned to communicate with people. I had this weird habit also of like sucking my fingers. I don't know what it was. It's just that Asperger's. That's all I can say. And I would always get picked on for that. You know, there was a lot of I, I think even the teachers gave me a lot of grief, not all of them, but most of them, because it could have been now that I'm older and understand it, that they just didn't know how to handle it than to be more aggressive, I guess, or like demanding, if that makes sense, of like trying to get me to stop doing the things that were naturally my quirks. Yeah, I did a lot of weird things as a kid. One of my famous stories is I would play Star Wars Imaginary outside of recess every day. And one day I literally flew my fighter jet into the basketball pole. And that is a prone memory in my head. And I don't dwell on it, but it's a good reminder of where I've came and how far I've come with me with having Asperger's. I, I guess there isn't I'll tell you one story. A few years later, I was about 12 years old. I played on a baseball team. I'm not going to give the coach's name, but the guy seemed pretty cool uh, when I first joined the team. And obviously, he did not know that I had Asperger's or anything. You know, he had just known that I was the coach's son's friend in school. And when I say friend, we were friends. You know, that's that's how you are when you're young. You're just friends. I go on this baseball team and this and this league. It was the first year you play with a pitcher's mound in a grass infield. It's not quite 90 feet yet. You're at 60 foot bases. They called it the major leagues. So right. growing up, I, that is one thing. I would say even before I was a fan of coasters, I was a big sports fan, especially the Reds. I'm a huge Cincinnati Reds fan. And nice. my back when I was younger, my dream was to get to the MLB and pitch. That's what I had on my heart. I would like go through the windup every day. I'd watch pitchers every day. I was obsessed with watching pitchers. I got on this team and it, I found it very, it was a challenge because I was trying to get to the point where I would somehow be able to pitch, become a star pitcher for this team, get my dream fulfilled, or at least pitch for the team, you know? And, right. you know, because I wasn't hitting great. Oh, I guess I left out a key detail. Oops. Two years That's before okay. I, I got drilled in the face with a baseball kid. When you say drilled, you mean like someone hit you by mistake or wild pitch. Yeah. Wild pitch hit me in the face. I mean, thankfully it was like 30 mile per hour, but I'm also younger. So that's a lot of pain to take in the cheek there. Right. And it took me a long time to get back in that box, but that uh, two years later, still got that fear. Couldn't hit to save my life. And they never gave me the opportunity to actually pitch because I was a terrible hitter. And it just became a lot of harassment playing the game because I couldn't hit. I was too afraid of the ball. And that fear even went on for like the next couple of years. As we we go ahead, I'll fast forward to like two years later when I actually got to my first year at Teener, where we're on full-size fields. We get to the point where I had actually a pretty nice coach. And I took this hitting clinic. You might know the name with Adam Eaton. He is a... World Series champion. He won a World Series hmm. a couple of years ago with the Washington Nationals. And at the right. time, he was on the Diamondbacks. This, I mean, at that point, he wasn't a big name, but the guy is hitting two, 280 consistently. He's a very good ball player. And right. I met him the, at the time, the Pittsburgh Pirates hitting coach, another pitcher named Craig Stammen, another pitcher named Tyler Lyons, and a few other guys that are just big names around baseball. 
not like you now obviously not Mike Trout or anyone that good, but you know, they're they're pretty decent players. From them, I learned so much that I actually somehow got the courage to get back in the plate and start hitting. And I actually got really good at hitting, at least in rec baseball. It was good to look back at all those coaches that had harassed me for telling me I'd never be able to pitch in the games or never be able to hit. And when I get to Teener, I start hitting the ball. And I actually, I didn't do good at pitching. For some reason, I couldn't pitch well in the game, only in practice. But just the fact they gave me the opportunity and that I got to actually be a leader of a team, that that means a lot. Just coming from all that harassment about, you suck, you make too many years, you know, you this, that, you'll never be this, you'll never be that. Well, I didn't make it to the big leagues, but at least I got to pitch. That's really cool. So, you know, we talked at the beginning or, not quite the beginning, but early on in this episode, this podcast, this interview about, you know, facing your fears with coasters, you know, it wasn't necessarily a big deal for you, but you know, your mom kind of pushed you to get on racer and you did it and you're fine. But it sounds like a much more pivotal facing of fear episode in your life was what you just told me about. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit. So going to that hitting clinic, I'm guessing that you got a lot of positive reinforcement, positive encouragement from these, again, not A-list players, but pretty good players from the majors, right? That were kind of helping oh, yeah. you. And on the other side, on the other side of things before that in school, in the rec leagues and so forth, these, these coaches that you dealt with, and you know, like the one you, you said, we talked about being a friend and whatnot, they gave you a lot of negative reinforcement telling you, you'll never do this. You're not going to be able to do this. Right. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't every single year. It was about every other year. I had coaches like that. Uh, the other years, right. uh, they, they were great coaches. It was just unfortunate timing with the fear factor and everything. Right. Well, I mean, that, that points to, you know, even if you get a break, you know, every other year back then, I'm still your young ch- young kid too, but you know, where maybe every other year a coach is not negative like that, but still that those negative percussions, especially when you're an impressionable age like that, they can last a long time. You know, this is a powerful message right here. and something that we really haven't talked really much at all on this podcast, but should be, should be discussed with our mission, which is negative reinforcement or negative feedback or criticism versus positive reinforcement, positive feedback, the negative reinforcement, negative, negative feedback can be so damaging can really, it feeds self-doubt in a tremendous way. We've all had it in life. I've had it in life at times, not a lot of it, thankfully, but I've had it. Clearly you've had it, Ryan. And then when you went to that hitting clinic with these professionals that, you know, they're six, they've been successful, not to say they're always going to be positive, but I had a feeling if they're doing this clinic, given your response to the clinic, that it was going to be what it was, which is this overall positive reinforcement. And you flourished with that. You know, I have been in my life, I'm not a sports person, no, no disrespect intended. I'm just not, I'm no hand-eye coordination. It's just not my thing. I have a lot of respect for people who can play sports. I think it's awesome that you've been able to succeed at that, Brian. But where, you know, I have flourishes in my career and in my academics before that. And I have both been a individual contributor, as they call it, in the corporate world, as well as a manager. And I've had both good and bad managers over the years. And the good managers are the ones that give you, they give you the criticism. Of course, they have to, but it's in a positive, constructive way. And then the bad managers are the ones that don't show appreciation, that tell you, no, you're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to be able to do that. That's not the way to conduct yourself. If you are in a, and this is everyone listening to this podcast right now, if you're in a position, whether it be as a parent, a coach, a manager, a leader, and you're giving negative criticism to people that are looking up to you, that report to you, that respect you, well, shame on you. That is not the way to conduct yourself. You are in a position of authority and responsibility. That responsibility is something not to to look upon lightly. Positive reinforcement is huge. It is how SeaWorld trainers and zoos and, you know, all over the world working with intelligent animals, that is how, like, for example, dolphins are trained, whales are trained because they don't work with anything else. Dogs even, same thing. So, you know, people are not much different. I mean, people need to hear, they need some level of positivity, especially when they're struggling with, well, for example, you know, hitting a ball in baseball. So it's an incredibly important lesson. I'm, you know, I'm sorry, Ryan, that you dealt with sort of those travesties earlier on with those coaches and shame on them. Those are not good coaches. And that's the really problem, not, not that you were not quite a good hitter with good coaching. They probably, you probably went a great hitter back then, I bet. Uh, but at least you go, went to the hitting clinic. You had the fortune to be able to go to that 
turned yourself around. And again, it was not so much you turning yourself around. It was you getting the coaching that you deserve. So that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, I would, I would add on to what you just said, uh, talking about if you're in a position of authority and you're disrespecting your people who report to you, not all the time, there's going to be cases where people show up that, you know, it could be a job or baseball. It could be anything where they're just not cut to do the job or they are just lazy. You know, it happens, but more often than not, the people start out really intrigued and hopeful about what they're about to do. And I will say this to anyone listening, maybe you're in that position as the point of authority. If you want respect and hard work out of your coworkers, the best way to get it is by giving it yourself. And I know it sounds crazy to say that as someone who's never held an actual management position, but I can tell you from personal experience that your morale just gets defeated when you are constantly being undermined or picked on. And even like, okay, I'm the type of person where if I'm doing a bad job, I want you to tell me, you know, what I'm doing wrong. But there's a fine line between ripping me apart and having nothing good to say than constructive criticism. I think when I get ripped apart, especially having Asperger's, like that kills me. It kills me. And I'm sure a lot of other people with him without Asperger's can totally relate. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm sure. And it's not even necessarily just people on the spectrum. It's anyone, you know, if you're going to get be torn down or torn apart on you know, a regular basis, that's not going to be good for anyone. Absolutely. So, I mean, I've experienced that. Thankfully, not not as much so much at work, but, you know, here and there in life, I, you know, occasionally by the bad manager, certainly, you know, but in the competitive sports world, and it might be competitive, it's not, I'm not saying for pro sports, but, you know, even right. grade school level rec sports, you know, it's competitive. Sports are competitive. Oh, yeah. It's challenging. So, yeah, I can imagine it was not easy going through that. Well, thank you for sharing. That was a really good story. And challenge that you faced and, and how you faced it. And, you know, I, I, I think it was a good message there. So thank you. Do you have anything else you want to share? Any other experiences? There's some, I don't want to make too personal, but I'll try and beat around the bush as much as I can. I mean, I've sure. got a couple jobs where the personal friends that know this story are not going to be offended by it because they know what happened. They worked with me, but okay. my previous uh, job at Chick-fil-A, and this is no shot at Chick-fil-A at all. Please listen to my words carefully. It's actually a beautiful story where I actually got to lead someone above me into the right direction. We'll, we'll just say, let's just say his name was Bob. And Bob was a manager who is in charge of back house area. Bob would be really tough on me. And kind of in the same way as those old coaches were. I'd grown a lot as a person. I'm 19 years old, going on 20. I know a lot about myself, who I am in Christ, and how I like to present myself in these situations. Now, I've grown from all those previous trials. Let's just say Bob, at one point, had suspended me from work for being late one time with a misunderstanding. Okay, that's fair. But we had a mishap with the schedule. I was told that I was too slow by Bob and that I was an embarrassment to the company. Now, keep in mind, this is one manager. This is not the whole store. Right. The store has had problems with Bob. You guys will understand what I'm saying here in a second when I get to it, but I got to keep giving the context. Sure, that's fine. Bob used to be a Marine. He grew up mm -hmm. in a city situation with no parents at a very young age. What I learned about Bob is deep inside, he is broken. Sometimes his emotions get the best of him. It sometimes affects his judgment. As I got to, uh, I'll be honest, I mean, I went two months after I got back from work, I couldn't speak to the guy. But what mm -hmm. it ended up happening is I overheard him say something he probably shouldn't have. And I'll just say that because I don't want to make Chick-fil-A sound like it's an awful place. What ended up happening, I said something to my other manager. I'm like, you know, I'm not really sure he should be saying this. So what ended up happening is he went and told the owner and the owner wanted to talk to me. This is where I faced one of the most interesting moments of my life where I had something to say about someone in authority above me who wronged me. And I will tell you out of bitterness, if I was not a Christian, I would have probably gotten the guy fired and ruined his life. But what ended up happening was I basically talked to him and said, hey, I don't think he should be talking like this. And I would, I'd express the way how I felt about him. I said, I think there's good qualities about the guy. I'm not trying to ruin his life. I think we could possibly mentor him into the right direction. The owner took it to heart, listened to me. And uh, about, about two weeks later, we had a performance review with Bob, the guy who had wronged me. And 
you know, he was telling me everything about the position or how I was doing in the kitchen because I was a back of house worker there. You know, he was telling me everything I could get better at. Uh, if there's anything I wanted, you know, improved about the store. And though there was no spot for it, I just felt God kind of tell me to say, hey, I think there's something you could work on yourself. Right. And I told him, and I said, hey, I think deep inside you've got a heart somewhere. I, I wish you would stop talking to me like this. It makes me feel this way. It makes other people around me feel bad. It's just not right. And I would just tell him I didn't sugarcoat it. I just came after him with how I felt about the situation. For me, I had divorced parents. And uh, I'm not saying either of them are horrible people, but more often than not, I was with my mother. So men can intimidate me sometimes when I feel like I could possibly anger them. I was very afraid that something was going to go wrong when I said that. But to my surprise, what ended up happening is he told me a story about, you know, he grew up in the city without anyone. He, you know, he was a Marine. You know, he shared his whole life story with me. What ended up changing my life and his forever that day is that we were able to take bitterness and turn it into a bondage that was so strong. He had told me that he had been drifting away from church and following Jesus and that I inspired him to not only just get back into the word, but to really clean his act up at work and to start treating me with respect to treat others with respect. He also told me that day that it's crazy. This is one of my favorite memories that I have a lot of wisdom for my age. And I was 19 when that happened. And the very next thing to my surprise, he of all people and the owner had talked and I ended up getting my first ever raise at a job that day during that. That's awesome. Interview. And That's I, awesome. I'm just telling you, uh, there's there's a beauty and grace. And, you know, we're talking about all these politics and I think we can call it a race war going on now. Uh, we have right. a lot of battles going on, mental, spiritually, physically, racially, you name it. And there's a lot of differences and people have a lot of bitterness right now. And I think you are right. The media does feel it a lot. And it doesn't matter if they're conservative stations or if they're liberal stations if you go in and start firing bullets all you're doing is contributing to the fire and fanning the flame that's just burning in our nation and i think as a christian what we need right now is a lot of love and grace because i can tell you grace can lead you to so many places you would have never thought forgiveness gets so far That's something I think those two words, we need those in our country right now. And I think those two words are the only thing that's going to save us. Wow. Thank you very much for sharing that. That's a very powerful story. And I think a great lesson learned there too. And in fact, one of the things I wanted to unpack there, I mean, again, great, great job. You couldn't have handled that better from how I explained all that. By the way, are you still working at Chick-fil-A? I am not. I have nothing personal towards them. They are family to me. They always will be. I, uh, you can't work fast food forever. And I tried to get into the electrical trade. And I actually, I mean, I I won't get into that right now, but I just left that job too, to go pursue, you know, living down towards, we'll we'll just say moving out. I don't want to give my location, but um, that's fine. I'll be moving out, getting a new job down there. It's going to be kind of a, kind of like a fresh start for me, but yeah, Chick-fil-A, I know they get a lot of bad rep in the media and uh, people are entitled to their own opinions about them. And I have my own opinions about the corporate itself, but. Uh, the Chick-fil-A I worked for, they are the most loving, accepting people of all types. And mm-hmm. if I could have worked there forever, financially taking care of myself, that was probably the, the best place ever. Thank you for, for adding that as well. I, I want to kind of touch upon this at a kind of surface level and then kind of dive into something, your story that you told oh, for sure. a few minutes ago. So uh, first of all, on the surface level for what it's worth, uh, I live in Florida. Chick-fil-A is, forgive the expression, you know, I'm not trying to diminutize, you know, I know you're very faith, faithful to Christianity, but Chick-fil-A is like a religion here. It, it's there. I mean, Chick-fil-A is everywhere and they have the drive-throughs lining up around the building more than once. And, and I love Chick-fil-A. It's one of the restaurants I go to a lot and they have great food, great service. I have never had a bad experience at Chick-fil-A. Everyone's always friendly. They get my order accurately. They, they are, I think, the pinnacle of fast food service and quality. They have great healthy options. So their salads are delicious. I love their lemonade, even their diet lemonade. It's not as you know caloric and sugary. Uh, yeah, I love Chick-fil-A. So again, going deeper into your story, I think this is once again an example of fear, fear triumph. So I'm going to guess that when you were getting your performance review, that you were perhaps afraid 
of or certainly fearful of providing that feedback to your manager, especially given how he treated you, but you conquered that fear because you knew that was the right thing to do. Your faith told you that it was the right thing to do, right? Yeah. And honestly, uh, it wasn't just, I was afraid of confronting him. That was totally spirit-led. I, when I went into it, I thought I was probably going to get ripped apart for doing a bad job. Total, total shock. Right, right. You know, conquering a potentially fearful situation, a stressful situation where you had your tools. You know, in this case, faith was a big part of that. That's great. And by conquering that fear, you did the right thing. You know, it's not like you were nasty to your manager, but you provided some feedback, you know, two ways. You provide feedback to him and look what happened from it. And I'm sure he had a lot of respect for you stepping up like that. You know, to our listeners, you know, we talk about facing fear. There's various ways you can face fear. We, one of the things we focus on this podcast because we're a coaster podcast and theme park podcast is by what we call uh, fear training or facing fear training, I guess you would call it, where you're, you know, a lot of people are afraid of coasters. They're afraid of heights. They're afraid of drops. They're afraid of inversions or multiples of those or other things, launches, whatever they may be. And by facing those fears, those kind of controlled experiences that are predictable, they're prepping themselves to face fears in other situations where it's maybe not as simple or as predictable, but by conquering fear in one area, they're better apt to conquer fear in another area. That's what, that's what we focus on. Now, you know, you being, you know, very, very much a devout Christian, you know, you have your faith and that helps you to fight fear. And that's another tool that people can have. And I'm sure people listen to this podcast, you know, are you know, devout in various faiths. If, if your faith can get you to a place of solace, to a place of strength, to fight fear, whether it be to fighting fear, getting on a coaster, and later on, maybe fighting fears in other ways that are even more meaningful at a job or with a relationship or, or whatever it may be in life or getting a job interview, that's outstanding. So Ryan, my, my, my tip, my hat to you, as I often say in this podcast lately, that, you know, you were able to get to that point and look where it got you. Now, granted, you're not with, with Chick-fil-A anymore, but again, that was a great accomplishment and something for your, you know, for your resume, something it's a great story, by the way, you probably already have been doing this, but if you haven't, uh, when you interview for future jobs, you should tell that story exactly how you told me it, how it happened. Because that says a lot about you, your character, your abilities. So yeah, um, I would, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I would definitely say like going through all those experiences, I would not be able to take the bullets I take now socially and mentally had I not gone through all, all those situations. I, uh, I I know what it feels like to be down and like failing college was not fun. And I had to completely reroute my life. I, I thought I wanted to be a youth pastor. And next thing I know, I'm working at Chick-fil-A, you know? So right. it's you, life is beautiful. And I think one of my favorite lyrics of a song ever is by a Lady Annabellum song. That actually has nothing to do with conquering fear or anything, but it says, I get, I guess I'd rather hurt than feel nothing at all. When you start to see the beauty and the valleys of your life, and you start to believe that there's a purpose, that you're going through them for a reason, you will become such a stronger person. And for me, I think after all that nonsense I'd had to go through, that very well might be the only thing that got me through 2020. It's just knowing that I'm going to have to adapt and overcome from this. Right, right. No, that's very powerful. And I I, I couldn't agree more with that. I have been going through a couple of major crises, still am. That started not even 2020, uh, but this year, uh, starting back in January, both of them started within a couple of days of each other. Just on a personal level, in my own personal life, I have remained strong through it all. I have remained positive, you know, believing things happen for a reason, believing that because of what I'm going through and how I'm having to deal with it and what I'm having to deal with, I'm going to be better off from it in the long run, kind of coming out of this valley into a, into a crest, if you will. And so I very much agree with what you're saying. I'm a big believer in idioms. And, you know, for example, Whatever doesn't kill us makes us stronger. I'm a huge believer in that. And I see that in my life all the time and how I'm be able to be so strong right now with everything I'm facing. I am so strong right now. One of the reasons is because of what I faced before this earlier on in my life and conquered. And that made me stronger and pre- prepared me for today. And again, maybe that happened for a reason. I definitely agree with you on that. Before we close here, Ryan, is there any kind of last words, any words of wisdom you'd like to share with our audience? I could go on forever. Uh, obviously I'm a big Christian, but a lot of things that we had talked about, you know, conquering fear, you, you say that fear is one of the biggest 
problems in our nation, correct? Absolutely. In the human psyche in general, yes. So what's interesting is uh, Jesus tells us in all four of the Gospels, Paul tells us and Peter tells us and James tells us that the two biggest tools that Satan uses are fear and deception. I honest to God see the spiritual warfare going on, not only our country, but in our world. There is so much hatred going on. And I think if we have any shot at saving it, like I said before, it's through the love and love and grace of Jesus and just loving people. Like I've gotten to the point before I was saved, this might shock a lot of people, but I was pretty racist and pretty homophobic. Like uh, it's often stereotyped that Jesus is homophobic and racist, but it's actually quite the opposite. If it wasn't for Jesus in my life, I wouldn't be where I'm at. I I guess the last thing I would say is that if you're not a Christian, I still love you. A lot of us still do. And I really just want you to know that love is going to win. I think that's the biggest thing I could possibly say is that love will win at the end of the day. Respect, love, don't give in to the hate. Don't give in to your flesh where you're trying to just get your bitterness out towards people because All that's going to do is it's not only going to lead you in the wrong direction, it's going to lead the world in a negative place. You reap the words you sow. I think that's about all I got to say. I don't like being too pushy. I like to be respectful about it, but I also like to share as well. No, thank you. And I couldn't agree more. I have been using those exact words, you reap what you sow, about one personal situation I'm involved with right now and the actions of another that have impacted me. That's about all I'll say there. And this person is reaping what he sowed. David knows exactly what I'm talking about. It's the end of the camera. Though. But no, again, thank you for sharing. Couldn't agree more. Very much appreciate your time today and some great discussions. Uh, you know, we talked about coasters, but I think some of the more impactful discussions we had were beyond coasters. And that's fine. That's actually something that happens sometimes yeah. on the show, because again, we're all connected. And the people we're talking to on the show, almost all of them, not quite all of them, are coaster fans like yourself, Ryan, and myself, and David, and Iva, et cetera. We all have lives where other things go on and other experiences happen. And sometimes the fears we face in life, the challenges we face in life are beyond getting on a coaster, you know, that has an aversion for the first time. And again, oh, yeah. it's just, those are just about the training, the initial training, perhaps oh, yeah. from the first experiences we have in life of facing fear. And then, you know, again, you got into some, some later examples in life, some more intense examples of, of facing fear in, a, in an even more meaningful way. So the last thing I'd like to ask you is, uh, Eddie and I promised you this earlier, if you could share with our listeners, feel free, however you want to go through this, how they can find you, follow you and so forth. You have great things to say, your website, if you have one, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be. So what I want to say is that you're not alone if you're going through those struggles. There's a lot of people out there that really go through that. That's part of what I pride myself with this channel is that when I created it, I had totally thought like, I want to be something more than just coasters. Obviously I'm Christian coasters, but for those that actually personally know me well and have met me, I love to mentor the fans that are willing to talk to me, help them understand that there's more to life than coasters. I know a lot of people might disagree with me on that statement out there, Some people put their whole life in the coasters and with all due respect, I see them and they live on cloud nine on media, but the split second they turn their phones off, they are so depressed, bottomed out because they realize that they spent every dime they had on coasters and that they're struggling to pay their bills or whatever. If you're one of those people, it's not too late. You can get back on track. The the biggest thing for me I like to mentor people with is that hard work is what gets you to, I don't even want to say successful, Uh, you will find happiness. You will teach yourself the greatest life lessons and you will ultimately be a better person through hard work. Absolutely. One of my other idioms I live my life by, work hard, play hard. So I love my coasters, but I love my sports cars. I love living by the beach. I love traveling. I love technology. I love video games. You know, all these things, a lot of these are kind of materialistic related. I'm not a materialistic person, but they are materialistic adjacent because you have to, you know, play video games. You got to have, you know, hardware, video game console or whatnot, for example, cars, kind of hard to enjoy cars without having one. So, you know, I have to work hard and I've developed an amazing career to be able to, to, to play hard. So I couldn't agree with that more. So, so, so thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. So, so again, if you could uh, go ahead and just share how people can find you website, YouTube, Facebook, social media in general. Okay. So first off, as promised, I was going to give a shout out to my good friend and partner, Christopher Werner Designs. 
Uh, his name is Christopher Warner. He has done the Coaster Studios logo. He has done the uh, Coaster Kids logo. And oh, he's wow. done a lot of other digital design work all around uh, the United States, actually. And a lot of people only know him for his coaster stuff. But he does a lot of other non-coaster artwork as well. He's very talented. I just want to give him some help. And also because... He is the one who did my logo. We now have t-shirts because of it. We're printing stickers as we speak. The t-shirts are kind of just made to batch right now. So if you're interested in that, just uh, keep following our social medias. I have an Instagram page that's Christian underscore coasters. And I have a Facebook page that's just Christian coasters. The YouTube channel, obviously, is just Christian coasters. Uh, You're more likely to reach me personally on Instagram and Facebook at Ryan Subler. Perfect. Thank you very much, Ryan. Well, thank you for joining us and uh, taking the time to talk to us today. Uh, some great conversations, some nice deep conversations, some valuable lessons for uh, for all of us here and, and our listeners. Thank you again. Oh, thank you. God bless. Thank you, Andrew. And thank you, Ryan. This interview actually touches me very deeply. The whole having faith and following your faith. I'm a very spiritual person. We've talked about this in the past, especially when we did our introductions of all of our co-producers. I'm one of those that very much believes in my faith. I had a rough time myself and was going down a really dark road and my nephew was the one that helped me get through mine by kind of giving me the word of God and bringing it back into my life. So I very much relate to this story. And how his faith and roller coasters have really helped him overcome some of the challenges that he has had in his life. Very well related to my life growing up with everything, the challenges. I've had a lot of challenges hit my way, especially at a very young age. And Ryan said today is a, t- is a real testament of courage. And, yeah. and stepping up and not giving up. And I will tell you that it's it's an, it's an very inspiring. And I hope that anybody who's listening out there who has listened to this interview, I really hope it helps lift your spirits up and uh, helps you be able to just start moving forward and trying to build yourself up to live a better life. Yes, and I would say there are a lot of great people in this community. Ryan's one of them that are out there to help people. We are, our podcast, we're the same way. We're here to help people to be able to live a better life. And Very much against bullying and everything else. We We don't condone that whatsoever. Yeah. And so, yeah, this was a very heartfelt interview. I hope everybody learned something today. Almost every guest we've had on this podcast so far, we are very well learning all different ways of how you can face your fears and the challenges they've all gone through and how they overcome it. And so this was fantastic. We've got a very exciting episode next week. But Justin, uh, how do our listeners be able to find us on social media? If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to see more from us, we upload every Friday. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all at Coaster Challenge. Links in the description. Thank you, Justin. And yes, we've got a very exciting episode next week, Jenna. And I hope all of you out there will tune in. And uh, every Friday, we've got new episodes coming out. But uh, yep, we've got a very special episode. Very exciting. And until then, this is David Cantu. And Jenna Gazelle. We'll see you all next week right here on Coaster Challenge.